I'm sure it's not hard for you to believe that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. About a year ago, I signed up for the Lifetime All Languages Learning Account with Babbel because I'm just that enthusiastic to learn. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed to help you start immersing yourself in a new language ASAP. They also have these cool virtual, very intimate classes that you can drop into and you can interact with other students as well as learn hands-on from a teacher. Babbel's tips and tools are accessible and they are approachable. So if you're really serious about learning that new language, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Okay, right now you get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash SPQ. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPQ spelled B-A-B-B. El.com slash SPQ. Rules and restrictions may apply. During the Switch, Pivot, or Quit chat, we talk to women that have successfully navigated through some of the plot twist years of life and are eager to share their stories and what they've learned in the hopes of inspiring, teaching, or making even the slightest impact by candidly owning their truth. Hey girl, hey, and thanks for dropping in to the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast. Candid convo for the girl needing a lifestyle plot twist when she's deciding if it's time to switch, pivot, or quit. I'm Ayana Angel, a former sports entertainment publicist in New York City turned traditionally published author with Simon & Schuster who quit my old life to write a book, live in London for a bit, and explore my dreams to find my happiness and fulfillment. I'm here to help encourage and guide you through your plot twist years as your chief encourager and host of the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you have enjoyed listening to this podcast so far. And check out switchpivotorquit.com for even more personal and professional development resources. But for now, just sit back, open your mind, and enjoy the show. On today's show, we're chatting with Ashley Torres. Ashley is a digital expert and influencer. She is the founder and chief creative force behind the leading lifestyle and fashion blog, Everyday Pursuits, and she also runs Pursuit Digital, a digital marketing agency. Her notable clients include Nectar Juice Bar, Life in General, and The Stylist LA. Prior to building Pursuit Digital, Ashley started her online marketing career at Hotlook, a Nordstrom's own private sales site where she spent four years building the social media team. She also spent a year and a half leading social and digital strategy at Revolve. All of her career social experience has assisted Ashley in developing a captive audience of 200,000 plus on Instagram where she shares fashion, travel, and more. But there's so much more behind a pretty picture. So today, we are going to tap into the insights of the businesswoman behind the brand. Quick note, make sure that you stay until the very end because there's a special treat from another lifestyle influencer that I assure you, you are going to love. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Excited to have you, excited to dig in and chat. So let's go ahead and get started. I want to talk about your early years. What was your very first job? Maybe like the first job that you got paid to do, let's say. Like early, early teenage years or after Yes, yes, like early, early teenage years. All right. Um, (laughs) My first job was working for a florist in high school and I helped her set up weddings you know, do everything from creating the boutonnieres and the all of the wedding setup. And it was amazing because, you know, every Saturday I was going to a different venue in Los Angeles and building out these amazing um, floral arrangements at weddings. And I got so many good ideas. And in my mind, I was like, I'm going to do this for my wedding and this for my wedding. <laughs> Granted, this was now 25 years ago. So none of that even is popular anymore, but it was so much fun. Oh, yeah, that sounds exciting. And it sounds like because you operate in such a creative space right now, that was probably a good foundation for your career now. 
Absolutely. It really was. And, you know, I was working with a small business. So I got to, in a woman run small business. So I got to see how that kind of worked. I mean, and granted I was really young, but like you said, it was a good foundation. Yes, yes, yes. So as you know, on this podcast, which Pivot or Quit, we talk all about the SPQ experience. You've obviously had your own experience. So I'd love for you to take us through that a bit and sort of walk us through your switch, Pivot or Quit, and how you sort of got to where you are now. Okay, I'm going to try to keep it brief so we're not sitting here for a million years. (laughs) We love Uh, it. We love long stories. (laughs) I went to college at USC and I studied accounting. I ended up deciding on accounting really like the last half of my college career because my stepdad was an accountant. It just seemed like, you know, a really steady career path that had a lot of growth. And so I did it. And, you know, with that, you do an internship in the summer that guarantees you a job, which is really awesome. And so when I graduated, I already had a job locked in at one of the big four accounting firms. And, you know, I was on my way with a really great salary, especially during that time, it was 2008. Um, you know, it was a really tough time in the economy, but I had mm-hmm. a really great job with, you know, good benefits, good trajectory, all that jazz. Studied for my CPA, passed my CPA, and about a year and a half in, I realized I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I hated the hours, I hated the work I was doing. There was nothing about accounting that excited me, and mm-hmm. I knew that it was time to make a change. That's what I did. I ended up quitting my job without having another job lined up. That's how miserable I was. You know, in that the last few months of my time at Deloitte, I started my blog, which then was called Pursuit of Shoes. And really, it was my creative outlet to do anything creative and not be crunching numbers. (laughs) And so I started that on the side. And when I quit Deloitte, I ended up working out where I got a job at Hot Look, which is some people think know of it as Hot Look, but it's pronounced Hot Look. <laughs> uh, it's an off-price retailer mm-hmm. that's now owned by Nordstrom. At the right. time, it was not, and you know I lucked out because the HR director at Hot Look used to be in accounting and used to be in big four. So when I you know submitted my resume, she goes, "Well, I know you're really smart, obviously mm-hmm. from your past experience." we can't pay you what you were making. Mm. Mm -hmm. But if you're really eager and you really want to get into fashion and e-commerce, go for it. And I said, yes, you know, that was, I was pretty young. I think when I realized money doesn't bring happiness, Mm. Um, you know, I was 22, 23 years old, making significantly more than all of my friends. And I'm so miserable. So, you know, I told her, I go, it's fine. I'll figure it out. And I did. I worked a 40-hour work week at Hot Look, and then I worked as a cocktail waitress on the weekends and to make, you know, what I was missing out income-wise. And the crazy thing is I made more as a cocktail waitress in two nights than I did in my entire week working at Hot Look during that time. Oh my gosh. But you you must have enjoyed the work that you were doing at Hot Look. So what type of, what drew you to that type of work? And was it that you were just sort of like, I'm going to take a chance with this position and hope that I like it more than the accounting stuff? Great question. I basically, when I was deciding where else I wanted to apply and what I wanted to do, I honestly was looking at brands that I shopped at, that I really liked, that I, you know, thought were doing cool things. Any, any, in any space, you know, I was looking at like the refinery 29s of the world and journalism and basically anything that any brand that I had somewhat of an interest in, I kept my eyes open. And when this position came up, it was a production assistant and Honestly, it wasn't the most exciting job. I was really proofreading the site and making sure, you know, the copy and the description matched the product, which is not very exciting. (laughs) But it got me out of what I was doing. And, you know, my goal was work my way into other places in the company. Although I didn't know exactly at the time what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And, you know, what ended up happening is I did... I did production assisting and cocktail waitressing for about four months, five months. And my boss came up to me and she goes, I can tell you're bored. And that was 
basically because, you know, that job was very task-based. And once I was done with my tasks for the day, I was done. So okay. I would be, I would get done really early in the day. And I'd just be sitting there perusing people.com, Perez, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she said, there's an opportunity opening up in the buying department. Would you be interested? Mm-hmm. You know, with your background in accounting and your interest in fashion, I think this could be a good mix for you. Yeah. And I go, you know what? You're right. I had never thought about buying, but I think it's, it is a position that it's misleading in the sense that I know a lot of people just getting out of college are like, I want to be a buyer. I love yes. fashion. I love trends. Mm-hmm. And that is only a small part of it. A lot of it is you know, margins and numbers that Mm -hmm. if you don't have kind of a math background or like numbers, it's not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. And I do like numbers and I do like math. I just didn't like doing accounting. So it actually was amazing. It was a really great opportunity that was presented to me, especially because, you know, I didn't go to a fashion school. I didn't really have a fashion background other than liking fashion as, you know, a 23, 24 year old. Mm -hmm. And so I took the job and it was great because I got a raise so I could quit my part-time job and have a free day of the week finally. (laughs) And, you know, I excelled at that and it was, it was great. And the whole time I was still doing my blog on the side, very casually, not taking it seriously. It was just kind of a fun little project. Mm -hmm. And after a few years in the buying department, My blog, I mean, looking back now, I think it was horrendous, but at that time it was there. I had a decent following. I had people who were interested. I was talking about shoes and fashion and a lot of flash sales since I was in the flash sales space. Mm. And, you know, I was kind of creating this little mini brand for myself. Mind you, this is pre Instagram, right? This was just Facebook, Twitter, barely Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And the blogosphere, I was on blogger, but you know, whatever your um, blogging platform was. And so after a few years, the head of marketing came up to me and he said, you know, we really need someone to run our social media. Mm. It's it's the copy. It's the current like head copywriters position. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not really that into it. It's kind of falling by the wayside. I think, you know, I've seen what you've done for your brand pursuit of shoes on the side. I think you could be a really good voice for our brand on social media. Wow. You know, this is definitely the beginning where social media was not a full-time job for anybody. Right. This is a new, new idea. Yeah, totally new. And I had no idea that this was even possible or an option or anything. And I said to him, I was like, if you can pay me what I'm making now in my senior buying position, Mm-hmm. I will come to the marketing department and run your social media, even though I only know how to do it for myself and what I've done, just figuring it out. Yeah. And they said, yes. Wow. So did you have any like slight fear about this new challenge? Because like you said, it was very much so uncharted territory. So I'm sure there were meetings on meetings about, you know, what direction to take, what voice to have, all these things that, like you said, you have been doing it for yourself. So now you're charged with doing it for a company. Did you have any like hesitation or were, was there any imposter syndrome or anything that you might've felt? 100%. And I think, you know, I remember the day when the girl that was currently running it said, okay, so do you want to try to take over the Twitter for this weekend? And I go, I mean, (laughs) what will I post? What will I say? Do you want to, do you want to proofread it? And she's like, Ashley, it's only 140 characters. Like it can't be that. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, and you know, it's just, it's a big company in yeah. you want to say the wrong thing. And it's so different when you're running your personal social, you can pretty much say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I was really lucky though, because right when that happened, we were purchased by Nordstrom mm. and this was the best thing that could have ever happened for me in like my career trajectory, because, you know, I think everyone knows the name Nordstrom. And if you are familiar with the social media digital space, they are one of the pioneers in doing, you know, A plus work on social right. media. And mm-hmm. 
you know, they had, they, they did have a team, like they had a team of multiple people already that were just focused on running their social media. Mm. And I was so lucky because I got to learn from them. And my learning curve was just like flat and then totally (laughs) like it was insane. Yeah. You know, I went from being afraid to post on Twitter to being in Seattle and San Francisco with meetings at Facebook and Pinterest because I was with the Nordstrom team, Mm. um, which is, you know, pretty incredible because now, unless you are with a brand of that size, you don't have the in at one of those big social brands. Exactly. Um, You know, it was a great learning experience for me and I'm really lucky that I was able to, you know, everything just fell into place. And Mm -hmm. I think my learning from that overall experience from leaving Deloitte to running social at Hotlook was to be open, Mm -hmm. um, to say yes, even though sometimes it was really scary. You know, that's something that now that I'm 32, I look back and I was like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I just said yes to that. Yeah. It's something about being young and naive Mm -hmm. that... I try to still keep in my head, like remember those days when you just would jump into things because sometimes they're so fruitful. Yeah. So I was at Hotlook for about four and a half years. And then, you know, selling and marketing people's off price merchandise mm-hmm. <laughs> is very different than working in full price marketing. And I felt like I needed to have some full price marketing experience. Okay. So I decided to go to Revolve where I ran um, social and digital for about a year and a half. Mm. And that was a great learning experience for me because Revolve is huge. Revolve clothing now, they were big back then, not as big, but working with amazing emerging brands and designers and a very large budget to do, you know, working with influencers, throwing events, uh, you know, and at this time, Instagram was really growing quickly. So building our Instagram strategy, building shoppable Instagram, things like that, that now is just, you know, more standard, more standard, but we were, you know, doing things that had never been done before, especially like the shoppable Instagram and things like that. Um, and that was, it was great. And during, you know, that time I was really, especially because we were working with influencers and bloggers so much in the Revolve space. Mm-hmm. That is when I stepped back and kind of looked at my blog and was like, you know what, if I really put effort into this, yeah, it could be something, you know, and I could be my own boss and I could run my own business. And so I kind of stepped back and looked through, you know, just looked at like the next five or six years and thought, you know, do I want to be still working at Revolve? Do I want to still be, you know, quote unquote, working for the man? <laughs> um, and I read a book by Jen Sincero called You Are a Badass. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar yes. with that? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's the best. It I is. Actually, I actually keep telling myself I want to reread it because it's so good. It's definitely one of those books you can reread and still glean some really good like bits of info. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I read that on, on a summer vacation with my family, probably mm-hmm. June. And I said, by the end of this year, I want to be, I want to be working for myself. Wow. I got to find a way to work for myself. After mm-hmm. I read it, I was like, it's possible. I can do this. I'm going to manifest it. Mm-hmm. And literally like, right when I said it out loud, Within a few days, I had two small businesses reach out to me and say, Hey, we are looking for someone to do social media consulting for us on the side, remotely, XYZ. And I go, Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. I can do this. Right. That those inquiries started to come in a little more. I started to hire a full-time, not a full-time, hire a photographer to shoot my blog content. So I was really trying to grow, make my content more professional. Yeah. Spending so much more time working on my blog when I got home from work. And I said, you know what, what I need to do, because I was very, and I still am because we'll get into all of, you know, what I do now. Mm -hmm. I was so afraid to put all my eggs in the blogger basket. Okay. Because it's so 
it's so new. No yeah. one knows, you know, like no, no guarantees. You don't know where no this guarantee. is going. Yeah. Yeah. It makes hundred percent. Every it's changing daily. Instagram right. comes out with a new update. It changes everything. Pinterest, you know, it's right. always changing. And I was, while I knew I could be successful at it, I also kept thinking, you know, am I going to be standing on the beach when I'm 60 years old, taking a picture of myself in a bikini saying shop this look. <laughs> You know what? I'm so glad that you touched on that. Like I I want to I want to dig into that a little bit because, you know, I I always say I make a joke um until my cousin who's one of my like business besties, I guess you could say, we talk all the time about things and I'm like, you don't want to be like the 40-year-old blogger, you know? And and it's a it's something that I say, but the real behind it is that at a certain point you're going to age out. You know, the, the young, the young people are not going to be looking to, you know, some of the people who were big and at the top of their game for their fashion sense. They're going to look at their peers, you know? Mm -hmm. So you make a really good point. Like, how does that, uh, even though we haven't gotten into this yet, since we started touching on it, like, I want to know from you, how does that sort of play into your, you know, decision-making and how you plan for your next steps. And is that a part of the reason why, you know, you started your own agency? Is that like, was that like, okay, this is my way to sort of segue out of this when I'm ready and be more behind the scenes? Like, what, what are your thoughts? That's a great question. You know, so I started my agency. So I decided to leave um, Revolve the in the winter of that year started fresh January 1st, um, with, you know, running at running pursuit of shoes and with one small consulting client. Okay. And, but actually I wouldn't say small, basically I made sure I was going to make my same salary via consulting mm. that I was going to make at revolve. Mm-hmm. That was not, fair. not even taking into consideration what my blog revenue was because that's right. always up and down and up and down. And I said, you know, I need to make sure I have enough clients that if I leave Revolve, I can pay my rent, I can live the life I've been living, et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera. Right. So that's what I did. And originally, it, I wouldn't call it an agency then. It was just really, you know, 1099 consulting stuff. And originally, I didn't know for sure if I wanted to expand that side of it. And you know, like you said, I, I just couldn't put all the eggs in the blogger basket. And that's not because one day I want to transition out of, you know, influencer blogger world, be behind the scenes, run an agency, because to be honest, I struggle with this even daily because, you mm. know, pursuit of shoes ended up turning into everyday pursuits a year and a half ago, two years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I rebranded, and so a big part of the rebrand was, hey, I don't want to just focus on fashion. I want to focus on more lifestyle. I want to talk about travel. I want to talk about entrepreneurship. I want to talk about relationships, you know, real things that are happening in our lives. Right. Aside from what I'm buying for fall, you know? Right. <laughs> exactly. So that was, you know, from a blog side, me rebranding was a way of opening my audience up being able to talk about other things and just fashion and with the intent that that can grow with me and how that's going to grow, you know, I don't know. And I ask myself every day, but like I was saying, I also ask myself every day, should I be putting all my eggs in everyday pursuits blogger basket? Because it is really fruitful and I'm doing really well and making really good money right now. And sometimes a lot of the times, to be honest, Everyday Pursuits is on the back burner. You know, like I work on my clients pretty much 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. every day. Wow. And at, at four o'clock, then I'm like, shoot, I really like need to work on a blog post or answer back to this brand who wants to work with me. You know, it's not always priority because I want to make sure, you know, my clients are getting Mm -hmm. the best work that they, you know, that they paid for. And so that has been a big discussion in our house, oh, you know, with my husband and I recently. And, but to go back to the story. So I, I started with a one client and then I started building and, you know, now we have six or seven clients. 
but, and I have a full-time girl that works for me and okay. a part-time girl and I have a new intern starting actually in like 30 minutes. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Like, yeah. But, and it's, both are growing mm-hmm. and currently I'm able to manage them <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> um, but, you know, you ask a really good question. Like, this is something that I really need to figure out. And I think it's, it's tough. It's difficult because I, all I know is that I want to, I want to be my own boss and -hmm. I want to run my own business. Mm -hmm. What that looks like in the next five to 10 years, I couldn't tell you. Right. But I think getting to the point I'm at right now, you know, my sidekick, God bless her. I love her so much. Marissa, my full-time girl, she said to me the other day, she goes, isn't it crazy that you have your own business and you have someone on salary? And I said, yeah, it is. But I kind of try not to think about it because it's really stressful. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to put too much emphasis on that. Work yourself up. I'm sure it's not hard for you to believe that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. About a year ago, I signed up for the Lifetime All Languages Learning Account with Babbel because I'm just that enthusiastic to learn. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed to help you start immersing yourself in a new language ASAP. They also have these cool virtual, very intimate classes that you can drop into and you can interact with other students as well as learn hands-on from a teacher. Babbel's tips and tools are accessible and they are approachable. So if you're really serious about learning that new language, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Okay, right now you get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash SPQ. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPQ spelled B-A-B-B. El.com slash SPQ. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, I think it's good that you're thinking about this because it seems like we're in this space now where everyone is interested in living this glamorous life, one, but to this glamorous life that looks effortless, where it looks as though you don't really have to work that hard. You don't really have to do that much. And, you know, I think the reality behind it is that, you know, what you just said, like, hey, I'm actually running an agency and working with clients majority of the time. So you go and you look at your Instagram feed and it looks like you're jet setting around the world in all these beautiful locales. But really, you know, you're taking care of business. And and that's the part that I really want to pull out for my listeners too, because, you know, there's a lot of people that see beautiful lives on Instagram or anywhere on social, and they want to try and recreate that. But the key here is that when you walked into taking your blog full time and taking it serious, you know, you were also very clear about the contract side of things and the client side of things. And I think that's a really smart approach that a lot of people don't actually pay attention to. They're more worried about creating the pretty content, but you know, there's something to be said about establishing a foundation, whether you know what you're going to do with it or not. You know, at this point, you know that it's working. So that's what's important. But, you know, what, what it's going to be in five years, who knows? We don't even, we probably wouldn't have known that social would be the type of lucrative career and look how it does now, five to seven years ago. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So. I, I do. I love the, I love the fact that you brought up kind of this glamorous Instagram world. And I think it's, it's so interesting to me because I fall into that too. You know, I look at other influencers or, you know, you know, the people jet setting around the world too, and doing Mm -hmm. what it seems like is just like on the beach, taking pictures and doing (laughs) nothing. Yeah. And even sometimes I am jealous. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking to myself, no, I know what, I know how much work that is. You know, Mm -hmm. I know even if you don't have a client business, 
you and you just are work, working for yourself as an influencer or a blogger or a travel blogger, whatever it is, it's so much work on the back end and yeah. it it isn't out there. And I don't, you know, it it almost saddens me that you said like it just looks like you have such an amazing life on Instagram and you're constantly jet setting. And it's like I don't know how to make it more realistic because the reality is even though people want real. They say they want real. They don't want real. They don't. You're right. I agree. They don't. You know, if I posted a picture of me right now sitting with no makeup on Mm -hmm. in my office Mm -hmm. with there's stuff all around me, my office is a mess and was like, this is my life right now. No one could care. Like no one could care. No, there would be no comments. There'd be no likes. And not that it's about comments and likes, but at the end of the day, that's what is driving Instagram growth. It's drive like engagement drives growth. Growth drives job opportunities for mm-hmm. me, for mm-hmm. anyone who is has a platform on Instagram. And so therefore you need to post content that people are gonna like that are ultimately gonna get you the jobs. My version of nude and your version of nude are probably a bit different, but let's be clear, we're talking about shoes. Rebecca Allen has a line of shoes for savvy women that come in five skin tone shades, offering the perfect nude for you. I've been rocking the new sleek pointy toe flats, AKA the skim, and I love them. I'm a flats kind of girl, and these are perfect for dressing up for a meeting or zipping around town. These all leather shoes are not only comfortable, but they're combating colorism and breaking boundaries, exemplifying what it means to be color brave in fashion. Head over to Rebecca-Allen.com, select your version of nude and get 15% off at checkout when you enter the code SPQ15. Follow at Rebecca Allen NY on Instagram. This world that is, you're right, it's not real. It's not transparent. And I try to be transparent on Instagram stories a lot, Mm -hmm. but you know, unless, and I, I actually talked to one of my friends about it. She's like, unless you're someone who follows you closely on Instagram stories, it does just look like you travel all the time or have a new outfit all the time or, you know, or you're hobby dobby with your husband all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but you have to understand, like we're, we're trying to do two things at once. You know, I'm trying to run a business and be transparent and give people what they want. Yeah. And it's also, I think the space that you're in too, you know, it depends on how you show up as an influencer, because there's some people that are more so in, let's say this empowerment or lifestyle type of space that does lend itself more so to the realities maybe a little bit more. But then I think when you get into like the fashion side of things and the beauty side of things, there's an expectation that's been set. And if you don't meet that expectation, audiences are fickle and they'll leave, you know? And as much as like you said, you would love to show the real behind certain things, that's not what they're into. And I constantly try and say to my audience to just remind them that, you're a part of this. So, you know, a lot of the people that are content creators, you know, you help to drive that machine and you have to be aware of the role that you play in all of this, you know, because your likes, your comments, the things that you gravitate to, they help decision makers decide which way they're going to go, who they're going to invest in, what they're going to do next. And I think it's just this tricky world right now that we're living in because a lot of this is newer and still ever changing. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think you just have to do what feels best for you and for your content and for how you show up. And then you just figure out the rest. But that is one of those questions I was going to ask you is, you know, for people that think it's like this beautiful lifestyle, you know, what's, what's one thing that you could share that lets them know, like, okay, maybe it puts it in perspective, like, okay, maybe this isn't what I thought it was, you know, or as easy. Right. Um, you know, honestly, there's so many parts of it. It's one of those things where I know how I'm so grateful for the fact that I can travel. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I can work from anywhere, but that also means I never turn off. 
Right. You know, when I go on vacation, I have to share my vacation with my followers. So I can't actually sit there and enjoy it and be off my phone. Mm. Um, when I go on brand trips for everyday pursuits, I'm still running my agency. So I wake up, you know, I was just in Costa Rica with Clarence. It was an ex- amazing opportunity. I was up at 6 a.m. every day sitting in the breakfast area working so that by 9.30 when everyone was supposed to meet for the day's activities, I have at least gotten two and a half, three hours of work done, mm-hmm. you know? And then yeah. when we had our break between our afternoon activity and dinner, when everyone was playing in the pool or the beach, I was at my computer trying to make sure we're not, you know, we're putting out fires and making sure things are happening. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that, again, I'm so grateful that I can sit by the pool and be putting out fires via my computer. But at the same time, I'm, I don't have the luxury of having a nine to five where with vacation days where you take a week off to go on vacation with your husband or whatever, your family, and you actually can check out of work. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is also, you know, this, this is like, I love this question, but it's also so hard for me because that's something I always want to talk about on my Instagram stories, but you don't want, you don't want people, you don't want to make it seem like you're complaining, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, people are like, Oh, so life's so hard. You get to go to Pilates in the middle of the day. And it's like, yeah, I do. But I also was working at 6am and we'll be working till 10pm. Yeah. And and this. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I think it's just, it's just tough. It's it's, every job, every job has their pros and their cons. That's what I would say. Every job has their pros and your cons. It doesn't matter where you work, Mm -hmm. who's running the business. I mean, Mm -hmm. being a, you know, like being a small business owner is tough. Yeah. Yeah. What would have been useful to know before embarking on this current journey and career path? One, I would say, be very careful about who you trust. Mm. Mm -hmm. I am a very welcoming, trustful person and I got burned really bad. I hired somebody and helped her out from a really struggling position, ended up offering her full-time money. And she basically stole my business. Wow. Um, she was getting clients on the side, <gasps> she was using my graphic designer, using my photographer. And that's how I found out about it. My graphic designer said, Hey, she just asked me to make some business cards for her. Are you guys still working together? And I go, um, yeah. We're still I thought so. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's horrible. And that was really hurtful because she was also a friend, mm. you know, and it was, I remember that was one of the hardest things I had to do to call her and say, Hey, you're done. So trusting, don't be as trusting just because it's your own business. You have to be careful and you have to protect it. Um, that was one thing I wish I would have known. Yeah. I think that, and just hiring Hiring people who can help you, you know, like I hired an accountant right out of the gate because, you know, small business taxes and all of that, I I didn't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. But, and that's stuff that you don't, I know a lot of people who, who are consulting, who are freelance, who don't want to deal with that. And then to be honest, they're actually biting themselves in the bum because, if you don't talk to an accountant before you start embarking on this, you're going to end up paying insane amounts of taxes by what, how, whatever, you know, the regular freelance tax situation is. If you can, you know, develop an S corp or an LLC or anything like that, you could really be saving yourself a lot of money and time in the long run. So, you know, the mundane stuff that no one wants to deal with, but now you have to, because you're running your own business is so important. Yeah. To make sure you make that a priority. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Because that's like, it goes back to what we were saying before. The pretty part is all good. But when you actually want to do this, you're saying like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be my own boss, but that means that I'm going to run my own company. And there's certain things that you're going to be responsible for. And the tax man is one of them. (laughs) So, yeah. I'm sure it's not hard for you to believe that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. 
If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. About a year ago, I signed up for the Lifetime All Languages Learning Account with Babbel because I'm just that enthusiastic to learn. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed to help you start immersing yourself in a new language ASAP. They also have these cool virtual, very intimate classes that you can drop into and you can interact with other students as well as learn hands-on from a teacher. Babbel's tips and tools are accessible and they are approachable. So if you're really serious about learning that new language, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Okay, right now you get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash SPQ. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPQ spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash SPQ. Rules and restrictions may apply. When you have to make like big decisions, you know, when you're faced with those like, do I, don't I, this is a huge thing. How do you find yourself going about making those big decisions? Do you, are you like a list person, like a pros and cons person? Do you get like input and advice from tons of people? Like how do you sort of go about making those big decisions? I'm definitely a pros and cons kind of person. I'm less about talking to a lot of people because you know what? Everyone has their own opinion and 99% of the time, they're going to clash and there's no, there's not going to be an overwhelming majority. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, I take the approach of how I did with wedding planning. I, I just made the decisions. I wasn't inviting people (laughs) in to give their opinions on anything because that's when it just becomes a mess. So usually it's a discussion between my husband and I and pros and cons list. You know, I've been known for jumping into things because I get really excited about them. And my husband can tell you, you know, even to the point (laughs) of my current, like where we live, I, I saw it. I wanted it. We got it. I didn't see any other places. The same thing happened with, (laughs) the same thing happened with our wedding venue. Mm -hmm. I found it online in Mexico and it's in Mexico. I booked a flight the next weekend. We were there. We got home and I said, this is it. I don't want to look anywhere else. We're doing it because I feel like when you open yourself up to too many options, you kind of have this like decision paralysis. So you mentioned before that with the blog, you wanted to, with the blog rebrand, you sort of wanted to open it up to a bit more in terms of just not talking about fashion and covering more like real life things and different topics like that. What role does personal development sort of play in your life maybe right now or has it played in your journey? Honestly, I need to do more of it. Mm, Okay. I, for a long time, for a while, you know, I was reading a lot of great self-help books, Jensen Zero's, things like that. And they were really motivating me. And, you know, with my schedule getting busier and busier and bringing on more clients, I just Mm -hmm. haven't had time, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm really bad about personal development, self-care, things like that, because really self-care too. Yeah. I mean, self, I guess a little bit. I just, I have a hard time putting down my phone and my husband, (laughs) it is, it is a problem and we are working on it. You know, lately I'll go to dinner and I'll leave my phone at home because if my phone oh. is anywhere in my vicinity, I feel like I need to be working on something. Mm-hmm. And the fact is social media never sleeps. There's always yeah. a DM that can be answered. There's always something that can be happening. It's just, you know, I, he, he always says, he's like, I'm worried for your eyes. Your eyes are going to fall out of your head. Like, this is, this, this cannot be okay. And yeah. I go, I know you're right. I think I'm still trying to figure out for me, like what is, how, what is personal development and what does that look like? Because I think, you know, that's another thing with running your own business. You don't, you're not in a big corporation that has trainings, that has Mm -hmm. sessions, that has seminars that will pay for you to go back to school to take classes on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, I've taken some classes at general assembly, Mm -hmm. things like that. And, but I need to do more of it. And I mean, it's just like you said, though, it's easy to just get caught up in the day to day 
and not realize that, hey, sometimes I have to pour back into myself so that I can do more, so that I can be more useful in certain areas. Um, But it's a process. It's definitely a process. When you think back to sort of how you have developed your audience um, and gained the attention, let's say, because it's all about attention. It's an attention game, right? Everybody wants the attention of their peers. There's a lot of people that I chat with, and that's why I want to bring it up here in this conversation. There's a lot of people that I chat with and consult with, and you know, they want the audience. They want the attention. They want the sales. You know, they want all these things to happen. But a lot of people aren't really aware of figuring out who their target audience is. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about target audience, and how do you have any tips? for how people can sort of go about um, tapping into who they're talking to. And maybe it's even a matter of what did you do when you first got started? Like, how did you know who your girl was that you really felt like, this is my girl who's going to be reading my blog religiously? That is something I still feel like I'm trying to figure out, to be honest. I think from, I think especially, you know, in the influencer space, not necessarily, I mean, we are our own brand, but not like a normal brand in the beginning, especially when I was young, I was like, Oh, I need to do this. I need to go to fashion week. I need to <laughs> max out my credit card and buy this brand. Cause these are the shoes I need to be wearing. Um, and then as I got older, I realized this isn't even me, you know, I don't even enjoy fashion week. Mm. I don't even enjoy, you know, like, do I really care about this brand that everyone's wearing? My brand has evolved from to be me, I would say. Yeah. And I mean, that's the luxury of a single person being their own brand is that you can make that brand you if you want it to. And that's my goal. You know, you know, I don't know that I can say who my girl is because honestly, she's a lot of people. You know, when I look at my DMs and I see who I talk to on a day-to-day basis and Mm -hmm. where they live, their ethnicity, if they have kids, you know, how they're dressing, it is across the board. You know, I have girls that are 19 who are DMing me about outfit stuff. Mm -hmm. I have moms of four (laughs) Gaming <laughs> me about my recent vacation because they're planning a vacation. It's just it's it blow. It's amazing. You know, social media is amazing in that you can reach so many different people via the right. internet. But you know, I think that's something that is such a good question because it's so hard to create a voice. It really is, mm-hmm. and to create an authentic voice. You know, kind of coming back to people being honest and transparent on social media. You know, I also feel, you know, especially in the the kid, the mommy space. Yeah. There's people who share almost too much. Mm-hmm. And a part of me feels like they're doing it to get attention. Like not, Absolutely. not to be honest about it. Not to be honest about their experience trying to get pregnant or their experience at birth or whatever it is. They're not trying to be helpful. They're right. trying to play like the, oh, poor me. Oh, oh, my life's so hard. Or I don't know. It's it's such a fine line. I think about authenticity because you don't. I don't know. It's that I, I've noticed it a lot, really, in the mommy space and the pregnancy space. Mm-hmm. Um, There's people that that can't wait to get pregnant for brand deals or for attention. Know. You, know you know what, what I mean? Well, <laughs> and I mean, and that's the other thing I think for you know followers and fans and something whoever's listening to this that, you know, might follow influencers. It's the reality is we make money doing brand deals. Mm -hmm. And most of us work really hard to make sure those brand deals are authentic. Right. And those brand deals change based on what's happening with our lives. So me getting married and doing a partnership with Bed Bath & Beyond Registry isn't me like selling out to take a deal. It's literally I'm getting married and I do have to register. So why would I not partner with Bed Bath & Beyond? Mm -hmm. Or someone getting pregnant and talking about a stroller. And, you know, I think there's been a lot of hard, people are hard. I mean, I think like the general public is really hard on us about things like that when the reality is like, that's our job. Mm -hmm. And 
it's like as a salesperson, if you worked for a company and your job was sales and you got a client, like people would celebrate you and say, Hey, great job. Yeah. Whereas when we do something like that, people are like, Oh, you're selling out. Or like, you're just, you're such, you're so advertising or I can't believe you would do this, this, and this. What's been the most useful piece of advice that you've received in your career? That no one cares about your career more than you do. Okay. When you encounter those challenging days that sort of make it feel a little like difficult to keep going, what are some of the things that you do to keep your head up, to encourage yourself to say, okay, I got this. I'm going to keep going. I think one of the main things I do is try to look back to, you know, and celebrate and acknowledge the things that I've done and the successes that I have Mm. because you forget, you forget how, you know, what awesome things that you've accomplished because you're always looking towards the next thing. Yeah. And I think especially in this day and age, you want more, you want more accolades, you want more money, you want, it's just more, more, more. Mm -hmm. And you know, I said that to this to my friend the other day because I was feeling a little stuck. And then I looked back and I was like, you know what? I have my own business. You know, I've been my own boss for four years. Yeah. I have a full-time employee. You know, I have X amount of clients. Like these are amazing milestones to Mm -hmm. celebrate and not think, oh, I could have done this better or, oh, I need more, you know, or I'm, I'm, today is not a good day and I have to, it's all over. It's not all over. (laughs) Right. 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 That's one of the main things I do, you know, just like super something easy, like go work out. There's nothing better than feeling like a good sweat. It'll always make you feel better. Put on some good music, Mm -hmm. dance. Like to me, dancing and working out, getting a good sweat and listening to good music will always put me in a better mood. Yes. And yeah. what I would not, well, I won't do is go on Instagram because that is just <laughs> Yeah, it'll just be a spiral then. Of your strengths, which ones have significantly helped you to get to where you are today? Honestly, I've always been a go-getter. And I don't know if it's a firstborn child thing or what it is, but I've always... Mm always wanted to try things and be successful at them. Mm-hmm. That's how I've always in my whole life. You know, when I was a cheerleader in high school, I wanted to be the captain. Yeah. You know, when I worked in college at the student center, I wanted to be the manager. Mm-hmm. I just have always wanted to, I guess, I guess it would be take the lead. Yeah. And I think that's something that's something that's really important to owning your own business because I know there's a lot of people who are like, I want to look, I want to own my own business. And I go, do you know what that entails? Do you know what that means? Right. If you're the type of person that likes to just sit back and have someone tell you what to do, like there are people like that and that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like if that's your personality, then know that and own that. And that's great. You know, cause I think there's this big, 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 you know, push right now for, being your own boss, doing your own thing. Yeah. And, and that's not for everyone. Like I saw, I saw a quote the other day and I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher it. So I'm not even going to try, but <laughs> it was basically something like, Hey, I'm a female. I'm smart. I'm educated, but I don't want to own my own business. Is there something wrong with me? Like, oh, that's, basically, gosh, yeah. that's basically what the, the gist was. And it's like, it's true. Like there's this huge pressure now that to be a successful woman, you have to own your own business. And that is not true. You can be a successful woman working for someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like nine to five shaming, you know? Yes. And 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 that's, that's what I really try and make sure that I do not do. Because a lot of times when people hear the name switch, pivot, or quit, there is this association with entrepreneurship. And they think that that's what it's all about. But it's not. Like... I don't even call myself an entrepreneur. I'm a freelancer, you know? Mm-hmm. And and when I walked away from my full-time job, it wasn't to be an entrepreneur. I right. was just done. I was just <laughs> like, I'm doing something else. This cannot be life. So, you know, it's like, there, like you said, it, there is this glamorous thing, but I also realize certain personality traits that make the work that I'm doing work for me you know, and you have to be honest with yourself. I absolutely agree. Like, who are you? How do you show up day to day? Because if you're the type of person I like to just chill, you're probably not going to do very well working for yourself. That motivation has to be there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, what would you say to someone who is dealing with trying to sort of push themselves out of their comfort zone? Because making a switch, pivot, or quit for a lot of people, it's going to entail doing things they haven't done before, um, trying to make themselves be comfortable with certain you know, environments that maybe they're not co- normally comfortable with. What would you say to someone? What kind of encouragement would you give to someone to sort of get out of their comfort zone? I always love the quote, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Mm. You know, if you're not feeling uncomfortable in certain circumstances, then you're not progressing as a person. So it's so important to remember that. I just feel like at the end of the day, like life is too short. It's too short to be doing something that you don't want to be doing forever or being unhappy. You know, when I left my full-time job at Deloitte and decided to quit accounting, I was terrified of telling my parents because of course, like I just went to school for that. You know, it was a really great job. I had benefits, blah, blah, blah. And my stepdad said to me, you have to work for another 45 years of your life. Hmm. Figure out what you want to do and do it. Yeah. But don't get stuck doing something you don't want to do because there's so, there's so much opportunity out there in the world right now, especially. And like you, like, you know, the name of your podcast, switch, pivot or quit, you can switch, you can pivot. I know, I know a hairdresser who's been a hairdresser for 20 years. She's in her mid thirties and she just decided she's going to go back to school and get a finance degree. Wow. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think as we get older, we get more comfortable in our situations. True which it's what anything relationships where mm-hmm. we live what we do mm-hmm. and and it's hard it's hard not to but you know try to think of what could be on the other side yeah. and you know i feel like especially i'm at an age where now i'm seeing you know the people my parents friends and my parent my my parents are happily married but you know people are having like legit midlife crises And hate, you know, quitting their jobs or divorcing their wives. And, you know, the backstory is you typically, they've been unhappy for so long, for decades. And they just reached that breaking point. But why, why not acknowledge it? Like, listen to yourself and your gut and acknowledge it in that moment. Obviously it's not like a game. It's an immediate decision, but letting something go a decade before you acknowledge it you could, why would you want to live a decade of your life unhappy? Hmm. Yeah. It's like time wasted. Yeah. That makes sense. So my final question is what does success mean or look like for you? I just got a big smile on my face. I don't know. <laughs> um, my happiness, and this is actually something that's in Jen Sincero's second book about money. Mm-hmm. You know, what does happiness look like to you? Because to me, success equals happiness. Mm. Like I can feel successful when I feel happy. Right. And I'm most happy when I am traveling. Like when I am traveling and seeing the world and experiencing new things, I am so, so happy. You know, so to me, success looks like being able to have a business, not even a business, being able to have income that will allow me to travel. Even mm. if it means I'm traveling for work, not, I'm not saying vacation. But that's to me what success looks like and being able to do that with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to be honest, like that's what we're kind of doing that right now. And it feels really good. It feels really yeah. awesome. And I knock on wood, but <laughs> I also, you know, this is again, kind of off topic, but I feel like it goes into it. I feel like we don't celebrate ourselves enough yeah. because you giving yourself a pat on the back publicly looks like you're, you know, asking for attention or whatever it is. But I, I, I take that back to the nine to five, you know, you get promotions, you get raises, you get all these things when you're in a normal job that people are acknowledging you and your successes that you don't get when you work for yourself. No one's calling you to say, Hey, Ash, you're killing it. You're doing awesome. You know, great job on this project today especially when in client services, you only hear from your clients. <laughs> Let's be honest. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong. yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day because it's hard. I think that's one of the hardest parts about being a 
owning your own business or being your own boss, Mm -hmm. you never hear like, Hey, you have done a great job or you're really killing it. And you, I think it's important to just remind yourself of it. And, you know, that question you ask, put a smile on my face because I think, you know, I'm going to, I'm a real in a really happy position right now and I'm really grateful for it. And I've also worked really hard for it. I feel good that I can say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you touched on that. That's a great way to sort of wrap this up because sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit, especially when you're in a situation where you're sort of working isolated and solo. So yeah, I, that's, that's so true. Like pat yourself on the back a little bit more and allow other people to pat you on the back because I know those of us who are extremely humble, people will say, Oh my God, you've done amazing things. Oh, you're, you know, this happened, that happened. That's so great. And you're like, Oh yeah. You know, sometimes you try and downplay it because in our society, it feels like you should always sort of like, especially as women play the background a little bit more not try and tout your successes too much, but you know, it's good to do that sometimes. And just like you said earlier, remind yourself of the things that you've accomplished. Like that's one of the things that will help you to keep going regularly. So I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for just like all of your insight, Ashley, and just being so honest and candid with us. I absolutely appreciate it. Make sure you let everyone know where they can find you, how they can follow you, how they can keep up with you, where they can read about more of what you have going on, all that good stuff. Awesome. This was so great. I'm so happy. I'm like going to walk away with this with such a happy smile in my heart and my face for the rest of the day. Um, uh, You can find me. I'm Ashley Torres. You can find me on everydaypursuits.com at everydaypursuits on Instagram, the company that I run small um, business marketing and social media for is called pursuit digital. We actually don't have a website because all of our business has been referral only, but you can always slide into my DMs or email me. Everything is on my Instagram, the email, the DMs, all that jazz. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ashley. And as always, you guys keep killing it. Oh, wait, you thought the party was over. Absolutely not. I have a little story for you guys. So it all started. No, I'm just kidding. But realistically, I have a little something that I want you guys to listen to. It is a clip from the latest Amelie episode. And the reason why I wanted to introduce it to you like this is because there is a bit of a story behind this particular interview. So this young lady that you're going to hear from, her name is Patricia Bright. She is a beauty and lifestyle influencer. Most notably, she has a YouTube presence with 2 million plus subscribers, and she's almost at a million followers on Instagram. She has really carved a lane for herself within the social space and created a career out of it. And she also is running a successful company behind the scenes based on her presence. Now, this is the thing. It's not really easy to connect with and get someone like Patricia on the line. So I want to share with you what it took to actually make this interview happen. Countless emails back and forth, quite a few reschedules, dealing with and trying to navigate through hectic travel schedules, and ultimately getting on the phone at 2.30 a.m. in order to make this interview happen. So when you're listening to this interview Just know that it didn't just happen. It wasn't just something that was put together. This took a lot of effort and energy because I really want to bring to all of you and to the audiences that are listening the best that I can from the best that do it. And in order for that to happen, sometimes it requires jumping through some hoops. Sometimes it requires sacrifice. Oftentimes, it requires extra effort that you wouldn't even know that you're willing to put in to get something done. And so I hope that you enjoy this clip. And if you enjoyed, I hope that you head over to the Amelie podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, search for it and listen to the full interview as rest as well as the rest of the interviews within the season one of Amelie because there are some really amazing women 
business women that you can learn from. And I'm sure that they will spark plenty of ideas, uh, give you a lot of gems to work with, and just fill your spirit up in a way that will get you motivated to do more, do bigger, and be greater. So enjoy. I don't think there was a particular moment where I thought this could be a career because, you know, I had been, you know, working in the city. I was on a really good salary and I wanted to be that career girl. But I remember that um, I had been approached, you know, I was actually at work and I received an email from my personal email, which I shouldn't have really been on. And it was someone who I'd been talking to, a brand, quite a big retailer brand, wanted me to shoot a video with them. And at the time, we had this discussion on how much to charge. So she wrote, we only have, quote unquote, three, the number three. And I thought she meant 300 pounds. And I was like, oh, 300 pounds is great. Because prior to that, I was doing stuff for about 150 pounds, you know, 50 pounds here, send me the item for free, whatever. And we carried on negotiating. And I thought, right, let me, let me, you know, negotiate a little bit harder. As I said, well, I need, I'll, I'll need more than free. Pop over to the Amelie podcast and take a listen to find out exactly how much Patricia asked for when negotiating this deal, how much she got and what she learned and took away to help her with her next steps within her business career. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 